Good day, Steve Giles, Chris Johnson, uh, Naked Vocalist, episode nine. Cue music. wonderful version of the Jackson 5 tune there. Um, we thought we would start uh, including music at the start of our podcasts to just help spread the word about bands that are in the early days or unsigned, and they are called Lake Street Dive. And that video is on YouTube, and it's been filmed on a Boston street corner. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm, yeah, great vibe. But you can find them at lakestreetdive.com. The singer's called Rachel Price, and that song is from the Fun Machine EP, but they have more releases coming out this month if you go to their website on the store. So hopefully, in the coming weeks, we're going to bring you more music like that. On that note, if you want to be featured at the start of this podcast, let us know. Please get in touch, send us some of your music, we would be happy to credit you. Uh, for all that stuff. But we're back. We're back for another episode. We are back on fire. I feel on fire today. I'm so pleased about life at the moment. How are you getting on? I'm on top of the world, brother. What's new, babes? What, apart from going to America in under two weeks. Oh, the flights got booked, didn't they? They got booked yesterday, so that's, that's a good thing. British Airways. Would have preferred Virgin, if I'm honest. Would you? Yeah. For one thing, the food seems to be nicer. The second thing is the video and in-flight entertainment seems to be a lot more... I nearly said ergonomic, but that's the wrong word. That's just for your hands, isn't mm. it? Um, it's body, just... body, nomic, Better. Yeah. Thirdly, the staff. <laughs> you just like ladies in red, don't you? They don't have to be is in red. Is that what it is? They don't have to be in they red. They don't... It's not the same ones from the advert. Who would you prefer to fly with? Um, Emirates, have you seen the ladies on there? <laughs> apparently, I, apparently, because I, I know a few. Don't do apparently. Apparently, <laughs> you know, this is real. This is real. This is not apparently. That's part of the process, isn't it? What you've got to be really good looking. Yeah, yeah, fine. I mean, I think that is a standard across. Well, unless you I mean EasyJet, I don't think they give a shit. Long may it continue. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear about that being part of Hollister as well, isn't it? <laughs> Hollister are yeah. very selective. I'm not sure of the moral standpoint there. Despite being the darkest shop in the world. I've hit my head on so many shelves of that. <laughs> anyway, what we did today... <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Sorry, back, to, back on topic. Um, we're not going to bang on about the winter retreat in California mountains all the time, because I know we do it every podcast, but... The reason why we're going to talk about this part of it is because we would, we would love it if you guys would get in touch... Um, to maybe present some questions 
for these amazing people that are going to be there, mainly around the sort of songwriting arena, because there's going to be some cracking workshops there, and we are going to get a chance to stop and chat to some of these people. The first one is someone called Carrie Kimmel, and she has written music for film mainly, World War Z, Dreamgirls, and Pitch Perfect. Another another person we're going to be bumping into is, is a guy called Billy Mann. He's written for the likes of Pink, John Legend, Joss Stone, Take That. And he's uh, Grammy-nominated as well, that guy. So it's going to be quite an interview. That's big stuff. Um, another big name who's also had a solo career, a big one, is James Ingram. He sang on that song Yamo Be There with Michael McDonald and Baby Come To Me with Patti LaBelle, I think. Um, and he also wrote PYT oh. for Michael Jackson, one of my favourite tunes on that album. Um, so there's another. Probably, I don't know if anybody can be out, outdone here, but this guy, Matt Scannell, seven Billboard number ones. He's more down the country route, uh, writing for the likes of like Tim McGraw, Karen Underwood and Rascal Flatts, but he's also done some stuff with uh, Gwen Stefani, Christine Aguilera and, uh, and Big Celine. Big Celine. Mm. And the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, Pussycat. How can I forget the Pussycat Dolls? That's some, that's some random stuff, isn't it? Um, so that's all Who over. Else? Anybody else? This guy, uh, we saved the best till last. He is obviously got some massive credits to his name. His name is Dan Wilson. And he co-wrote and produced um, Someone Like You for Adele. Wow. Wow. Massive, massive tune around the globe. Um, and he took a Grammy for his work on the album 21, which... He wrote th- with three songs for? Yeah, three songs. And that was, that's been the biggest del- selling album since Thriller. Wow, yes, what a, what a thing. So we're going to be seeing all these people. If you've got any questions for these guys, then just let us know, because we can ask them. Yeah. It's that simple. If you're, if you're a songwriter, or you are planning on just doing any, any sort of original music, be it you know big time or just kind of locally in local bars, whatever... Any help you want with that, we'll be quite happy to approach them with it. Cool. Next. Next, uh, we are also... The, the, the wonderful world of vocology and practice and our teaching network carries on. And we are, um, uh, as well as doing the great exchange where we actually exchange lessons with each other and learn from each other as teachers, also teachers with a particular speciality put on a webinar. And so on Sunday, we will be listening to a webinar by Karen Hessian on rhythm and beat perception. Do you know what that's going to... I know, I know that's the title, but yeah, well, actually, that's going to be a very scientific subject, I think. Isn't yeah, it? it really is. But there's another side to it, though, that I've seen. And, and that's the, I think, to be honest, that's going to be the side that really um, interests me, which is the she's, she's seeing how music will apply and how it affects health and well-being right cool um, within like mentality and things like that so that's going to be really really interesting I can't wait to see what's going to come out of that and if there's any evidence that she's got there that's going to support um, some of the things that you read in the news at the moment about the positivity and yep. and the good things that come from music and, and mental health and things yeah so that's that's why it's great we just we get to learn from everyone um, <clears throat> okay uh, oh by the way anybody who's interested in being a teacher um, or looking at vocology and practice as a way of qualifying and, and getting some knowledge to teach. Um, the applications are open 
for new teachers to apply on the vocologyinpractice.com website. So you can go there and look for the registration for teachers and you can see what's involved um, in, uh, in being assessed. But let us tell you now, it's, it's a great network to be in purely for education and support, isn't it? Everyone's so giving. Everyone's so giving. Yeah. So there you have it. That's our news for this week. Um, so we're going to start off, really, with the, with the questions. And uh, the first one is to do with breathing. Now, this is from Charlotte Moore. She says, I've been working on With You from Ghost. Beautiful song. Beautiful. I, I tell you what, nearly cried. Uh, yeah, nearly, nearly cried on numerous occasions. What, just listening to it? Well, and seeing the seeing the musical. Yeah, if yeah. I think if I saw the actual scene, I might blub. Yeah, she's kind of walking around in her flat apartment, and he's just died. He's just isn't died. He? Yep. Sorry to ruin the story. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it, yeah. Hopefully, Charlotte doesn't. You know, she's a bit more robust than us. <laughs> Let's hope so. Anyway, back to the question. She's been working on with you from Ghost. There are a lot of sustained notes in there, and I seem to keep running out of air. Can you suggest some breathing exercises for me, please? So um, we have picked this question, and we've paired it up with another one later. So, Charlotte, we're going to talk about this now, but please hang around for question two, as question two probably does hold some value in you solving this as well, doesn't it? Yeah, stick around. So why is that? What, What are we talking about? Well... The, the next question, without actually saying what it is, it, it talks about, well, it refers basically to core closure. That's what we're going to kind of refer it to. And this is like one of the most misconstrued elements of singing, I think. And one of the, one of the questions that comes up most when anybody walks into the singing room, if you ask a singer, what, is, what, you know, what, do, you, what do you want to work on? What is, what's your problem? The first thing they say is breathing. And is that because it's just something that has been in the singing world for years? Something, yeah, I think so. Do you know? It's, it's like I'm, you know, I've got some things to fix. It must be breathing because I know that breathing is such a big thing in singing. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you do you do see it a lot they, with people that have been to singing lessons before as well. Maybe you know, a lot of fuddy duddy teachers might sort of stand there and go, right, uh, let's start with breathing. And then they would probably do a whole lesson on breathing before they do anything else, or maybe half a lesson, when that teacher doesn't even know whether that is a problem exactly. or not. And it so commonly isn't. So what we're talking about is the actual source. Yeah. The result is probably what... And, and, and the singer, the singer's not stupid. The singer's probably feeling they run out of breath on lines or, you know... I mean, much like Charlotte here, we're not calling Charlotte stupid, clearly. Yeah. But it, running out of breath on lines, you know, it sounds, it sounds a bit breathy. Even that sometimes can make people feel that they need to work on their breath. But again, what is the actual source? Is it the fact that we need to stop the air coming out of the body or at least regulate it more efficiently? That's it. Regulating is a good word. You know, breath... Breath regulation or breath management is often where it's at. Good singing results often in good breath management, doesn't yeah. it? And isn't it great that you, you, you must get this as well, but when a singer comes in and says, I need to work on my breathing, you just sat there kind of rubbing your hands thinking, I'm sure you you might you might have to, but actually, <laughs> yeah. I know what's going to fix that immediately. Yeah. yeah, and you might get halfway through the lesson and they'll say... Um, so about the breathing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you're like, 
Yeah, but have you run out of breath? No. Yeah. Okay. Have you died? Right, no, we're yeah, good. Yeah. We know how to breathe. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't appear to be, you know, dark, uh, lead on the floor. Your head isn't popping. So, <laughs> yeah. It's fine. You're doing yeah. well. So that's where we're at. So, Charlotte, yeah, it's, 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 it's not that what you're saying isn't right. It's just from experience, as Steve is saying, that often it is actually down to the way the breath is managed and not the breathing. But if we were to look at breathing exercises, if it is breath that is a problem in those lines, you know, where would you start with that? Well, there's lots of things we can do. And, and I would just I'd first start by just saying, you said management, are we blowing too much air? If right. it is about the air, are we blowing too much to begin with? If we're blowing too much, then that would be the first place where we would start to 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 address it you know um so whether or not you know whether you're blowing enough air or not or whether you need someone to tell you i would say that's the first place to start yeah i you know working with people across uh the years when even when you mention that someone might be blowing too much air i've actually i've, yeah, I've heard people mention actually yes i do quite often hear the hiss of air through my singing mm. You know, it, that characteristic blowing too much air, it's just like a whirlwind coming through. So, yeah, some people do notice it, but, yeah, some people, it may be, it may be that they're not even aware. Mm, mm. So, yeah, the first, that's, the, that's your first bit of advice. Absolutely. Just so, monitor the breath. So from there, what would you do? Um, getting on from there, it, you know, if it's very hard to tell whether, whether you're blowing too much air through your vocal cords... Sometimes you can try a technique that slows down airflow anyway. And that technique is to uh is when you take a breath, it's to push down uh this is weird by the way. It's to it's to push down much like that feeling of when you're gonna go to the toilet and or break wind. What do you think about that? What do you want me to think about? <laughs> Now, this isn't a joke, although when you try this, um, obviously I've been with teachers that have done this before, and breaking wind, let's just say it's allowed. <laughs> in, in trying this technique, if you happen to break wind, it's fine. If you happen to, obviously, wee yourself, I don't, I don't want any letters in it. <laughs> Any letters about that? But anyway, is this still? We still in the still in the singing room? Yeah, (laughs) in the toilet. Um, But what that actually does is, you take the breath and you bear down into that feeling of like going to the toilet. And when you're singing a scale or singing um, a line, the reason why that slows down breath is it it keeps the uh, the abdomen expanded so that it doesn't collapse in and create too much air pressure again shoving that air out so it can regulate the release of airflow for people that sometimes people actually um engage their abdominal muscles and pull in too hard Mm. and it's not to say that engaging the abdominals isn't a good idea sometimes people just do it too much and i've even seen that that's that's some in the past i've seen that that can be a tool to just fix or stabilize to begin with, the breath, yeah, having that fixed position. Because what I mean is, like some people, especially in singing, with the nerves, confidence. When that, if that's an aspect, you know, breath can just be all over the place. Yeah, or oh, and, and fear of a high note, mm-hmm. Think, like mm-hmm. must smash it because I'm not sure how it's going to come out. Yeah. So yeah, keeping that bared down feeling, even as you're getting towards the end of the line, keeps for anybody who's a bit geeky. It just kind of it stops any spikes in subglottal pressure, essentially, which is. 
you know, the air, the air pressure underneath your vocal cords remains reasonably consistent so that your vocal cords can manage it better. So that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the techniques that I would use for, for people who might be using too much air. Right, cool. Uh, so I guess, I guess what we would, we would then do then is move on to the thing that most people talk about when, it to- when we're talking about breathing and singing, which is this Buddha breath or... Belly breath. Yeah. Singing from the stomach. <laughs> and in fact, I read a, um, an article online recently and uh, this guy was, was talking about this and he was saying that actually what singing teachers do do in terms of asking students to stick their stomach out and breathe into their stomach is actually incorrect. It's actually false. Um, and that it shouldn't be done. But this is the... I mean, I think this is an ongoing gripe for us in general, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of people just throwing information out there and, and actually making statements about things. This is right. This is wrong. You shouldn't do it this way. You should do it that way. But actually, there isn't, any, there isn't a right and wrong. There isn't a black and white. It's about balance. And it's about getting, getting it to work for you. And if it means sticking out your stomach for a tiny little bit, then it means sticking out your stomach for a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and people, people actually approach breath management differently as well. And what works for some people, what works for an opera singer will be different for a rock singer, will be different for a folk singer. They all manage breath in different ways and need it in different ways. So, yeah, it's not, it's not a catch-all, is it? That's right. And so if, if you wonder what we're talking about here, we're talking about this principle of breathing into the stomach. Some people visualise it as like there's a balloon in your stomach and when the, when the, um, when the air goes into your body, it expands. And this, obviously the stomach will expand with that. Now, what that's doing, I mean, obviously, we're not breathing into our stomach. But what we're doing, and I went, to a, I went to a BVA workshop a few years ago, a British Voice Association workshop. And if I'm honest, I mean, it was, it, it, it felt like it went on, this workshop. <laughs> <laughs> did it need a bit of humour? <laughs> it did. And I just don't think you can grab humour in this, you know, on this subject. Because what this lady was talking about, and I forgive me for not remembering her name, but it went on, right? Um, it was about the engagement of muscles in the abdomen and, in fact, the obliques, and I think even the lats got involved at some point. Muscles that you wouldn't even think get involved in the breathing process that help singing, and they help the diaphragm, but not directly. And it's about engaging those muscles if, if we talk about breathing in the stomach too much or, like, we start to really tense from down there, they could actually start to have a direct impact on the diaphragm and, and the surrounding surrounding areas, mm. which wouldn't be good. But what we're talking about is just getting the optimal amount of engagement from those muscles around the lower abdomen and, and, yeah. and, and, and lower lumbar region. I think that's interesting you saying that because um, I recall a particular situation in a lecture a couple of years ago where a particular student was engaging their lats. They actually said it. Right, really? They actually pinned their um, elbows back and squeezed their lats um, for a high note. And the high note appeared to be quite tense. And I, and I was just kind of like, we were just exploring how to relax. And then she let me into the secret of like, well, I'm tensing my lats, you know, that's how I need to do it. And, and then we got to the point where, well, let's, let's not do it and see what happens. You know, I'm not saying you're wrong, but let's not do it and see what happens. And the, the one deciding factor for me on that note was... When she didn't do it, she hit vibrato. Tension. Tension. 
and so I was like, okay, so that I really think that in that situation, although that was some advice that you've been given, mm. it doesn't work for you. It, it, it creates too much intra-abdominal pressure and hence jams up your vocal cords and you're incapable of vibrato. Exactly that, you know, and that, that is a... I mean, maybe she was at the same workshop as I was. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but what, yeah. what it was is actually we're talking percentages here. We're talking minimal percentages of this engagement. Yeah. Like everything, with the, the nuances with the voice are just, you know, it, it's, 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 these things are so subtle. Yeah. And they, there was actual research on it, and they actually worked out the, the optimal percentage of engagement from each of these groups of muscles in order to... Are you still with me? Oh, hang on, I'm struggling, mate. <laughs> oh, we didn't even get a coffee ready, did we? This is getting tough. Oh! So God, basically, maybe you should do this workshop for the BBA. <laughs> right. So breathe. No, it is interesting. Breathe with your stomach, and you might get the optimal. You might get the optimal. You might hit the spot. Who knows? But yeah. the point is, look, if we, if we if we breathe into what people call breathing into the stomach, then you're going to get some engagement, and hopefully over time, you're going to be able to regulate that yourself, and you'll start to feel this. This, this sweet spot of, of how much you, these muscles should be engaging. In fact, you probably haven't really got that much control over them anyway. Yeah, so, oh, not con. I mean, yeah, conscious yeah, control yeah. must be... Uh, this could cripple someone yeah. in terms of information, couldn't it? People would be trying to engage, you know, intra-abdominal or, like, you know, transverse abdominal muscles mm. without any Do idea. Now. I'm going to put myself... <laughs> no. <laughs> so this is why we say... Breathe with your stomach. Imagine yeah. there's a balloon. That's it. You know? It swells out. But do you know what? People, people um, uh, naturally breathe like that when they're prone, when they're led down. And babies breathe like that, don't they? Their belly swells. Yeah. And that is, that's not necessarily the air going into the belly, but it is the diaphragm kind of um, pushing on the internal organs, like your intestines, and it's those that are bulging your stomach. Right. Um, yeah, but talking about placement of breath, going on from that, like you said, that breathing in that way is not only good for breath management and uh, having the right amount of breath, but however, it does have quite an effect on the larynx. And taking a low breath like right. that actually does help to settle a larynx um, down into, into a decent position, which is one benefit of good breathing. You know, you get it, you see people that have got a dance history who might like, Hold their belly in. Yeah, that's what's that's what's taught. Singing isn't it? and dancing. That's what's taught, yeah, yeah. And those people, they have they do what what's known as clavicular breathing, which is you know a very high breath where the shoulders go up. It's not a full breath. It's like you know half the lung, if that. So that breath doesn't last very long at all. Mm. And just because of the uh, the where that breath is sitting in the body, when if you happen to do want some power in that or you want to be able to um, get the last bit out it's almost impossible because the only thing that singer can think to do to create that kind of subglottal pressure is to collapse their rib cage and squeeze on their neck you know all those muscles just kind of go I'm trying to get some power I'll do something to get it out right yeah but instinctively if that if that breath was full to the bottom um, then the muscles of the abdomen and all the ones that really are more primary to this situation would be able to create that um, that pressure intra-abdominally for you better, and hence leave the upper part mm. of your throat, which is not, it's not great having tension in the throat trying to squeeze air out. That would leave that nice and free. Sure. So uh, that placement of breath for me is is really important. Yeah. 
I think we've got to start talking about balloons again because this is getting it's getting a bit heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Did anybody watch EastEnders this week? Definitely not. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, so we've got a couple of exercises left, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, so so in order to work into this this breath, this Buddha breath, as my yoga instructor calls it, mm-hmm. it's about engaging these muscles. So what what I like to do first up is instead of actually instead of asking people to expand the stomach when you breathe in and imagine the balloon. I actually do it the opposite way because I find that people mostly respond better to that. So how do you mean? So stick with me, right? So place your hands, uh, if you'd place your hands on your, just above your belly button. And what we're going to do is push in gently and breathe out as if you're pushing all of the air out of your body. Okay, so I'm, so I'm pulling my stomach inwards, right? Yes, right, yes, yeah, so you're pulling it in, yeah, that's, that's the effect you want to get. Okay. And then... But with a breathe out. With a breathe out. All at the same time? All at the same time. <sighs> you, it's almost like you've pushed all of the air out of your stomach, yeah, right? That, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. Now breathe in and the stomach's going to come out almost yes. as, a, as a, re- a reaction to, to what you've just done. So, so that's a, is that your way of drawing attention to... To that area, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't expect somebody to to kick off the start of their set by standing there with their hands on the stomach and pushing the stomach in. But um, it's just to get this this <laughs> process working, and and then the process you just did, push in, blow out, breathe in, the stomach comes out, and just work through that, you know, five ten times just to get the process working. Awesome. I've often said you can do it anywhere. You can do it while sat in front of the TV. I guarantee within. Five seconds, you'll forget, and it would just go back to breathing normally again. Yeah. Take your hands away. Can you do it without your hands? Problem is, however old you are, that's how long you've been breathing the other way. So, it's a it's a case of changing a habit of a lifetime. Yeah. But it's worth it, as we just discussed the reasons why. Anything you'd add to that? Um, I, if if you do keep the chest out proud, as in the um, uh, the rib cage. That can then isolate that belly and that diaphragm mm. to come out because there is no rib cage excessively expanding and contracting to deal with the breath. If you leave it expanded and take a breath, there's no movement. The only th- yeah, there's no movement to draw the air in, so then the diaphragm and belly kicks in. And would there be any association with the intercostals? There is with, that, with with that with what you're just talking about there. Seeing as that the there must be some engagement there from you just doing that, and they need to be well. They're I'm kind of sure. keeping expanded the intercostals. Yeah. yeah, they do play. They play a secondary role, don't they? Yeah, in breathing. Yeah, they just keep the rib cage moving freely and in the yeah. right way. But Interesting. Maybe maybe a study for another day. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And then what would you do about breath management? So you've got that breath, but you want it to last. Well. Uh, do the breath as you are, and then it's just about can we re- let's say regulate the airflow out. So, one way to help that have a secondary resistance, so it isn't just your vocal cords resisting the air. Give it a little hiss on the way out. So, start the whole process from the start. Push in, blow out. Over the count of three, breathe in with the stomach expanding, and then hold. And see how long you can take that hiss for. You should feel the stomach coming in as a result of the 
the action you just made before. Yep. You see how long you can go for. On average, a non-singer, a normal person, normally lasts around 12 to 15 seconds. Yeah. And we should be looking around 40, 50 seconds. Yeah, I've seen some guys go a minute. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. At great, at, at great pains, don't get me wrong, yeah. <laughs> they don't imagine. look good after it. Is that where the neck starts getting involved again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. but that's because you do it with a group of people yeah. and then you, you play into this situation where, oh, now it's competitive. Yeah. Now, I always, now, yeah, now you, Tom wants to beat Dave. Do you know what I always, always pre- in colleges, I always preempt that with, this isn't a competition, but you're yeah. still getting rolling around on the floor. But do, do you, when you say that, do you then present a bag of Lindor from behind your back? <laughs> However, I don't, but I whoever wins. Because yeah, yeah. honestly, um, I'm not stereotyping students, but you know, I did a quiz about vocal health and the only thing I could give away, they said, is there a prize? I was so, I was unprepared. Right. Is there a prize? No. And I was thinking, damn, what is in my bag? <laughs> what is in my laptop bag? Four bags of green tea. Individual bags. <laughs> <laughs> and so I whipped them out. They'll Honestly, take anything. they will take, they were absolutely nuts for it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's four it's four individual green tea bags. Truth. They went mad. It's four individual bags of caffeine. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they're up for anything. Create, create a bit of competition. You might even get another ten seconds. Better right. breath management through coercion. Exactly. This, and this is the teaching techniques out there, teachers. Just throw a competition in, you'll be fine. Yeah, do this. I'll give you some sweets. So. <laughs> Carrot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Donkey. Carrot. Carrots and hummus. They ain't going to go for that, are they? Oh. Too healthy. See, I was going for the dangling in front. Oh, oh right. I mm. thought you meant that as a treat. I thought, what a crap treat. What for a donkey? I mean, it's... Oh, if, yeah. If it was a... Do you teach donkeys? Right. Oh. Anyway. I like that one. <laughs> I like that his one. Uh, <laughs> there is you, a... What else do you like? <laughs> I like the recoil breath. That's like a... If you, it's like a choo-choo train. It's like... And if you can maintain that in out, and this is for people who Sorry, are. I just got. Are you still on the donkey? <laughs> I'm not on the donkey. I'm on the fact you call it a choo choo train. <laughs> oh. It's a train. Yeah, I'll have dinner in a minute. I'll do a little. I'll do a little train on my fork with my food as Were well. You really? In the in the tunnel. Right. Good luck with Should that. Do that. Would you like to do that for me? Go away. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to the choo-choo train. Um, oh. Yes, so if you are breathing correctly with that right placement, this recall breath will be easy. And it's just, just like I demonstrated, you could probably carry that out for like a minute or two before you start getting a bit lightheaded. However, some people get very lightheaded within 30 seconds. And that generally means that in some way, the balance between air in and air out is off. Right. So often people are just breathing out and not breathing in enough. And I nearly run out of breath there. My God. So those people, they dip, they, they're gone within 20 seconds, if that. Some people may not be getting enough air out and they just fill up and up and up and up and up and up and up. So that, that one is to, yeah. So you can manage in and out and they are equal. Um, there's also the Brett Manning counting test. He, I've seen him do this on videos, but it's quite good. That is just where you count to 20 in one breath, but without rushing it. 
so I can demonstrate if you like, right? <clears throat> go for and it. And it's a bit like a conversation. So you would go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You made it. I made it. Um, and that, yeah, that you know, you've got breath, enough breath to actually create some of those um, crescendos and decrescendos, the pitch changes. They all require different levels of breath pressure. Mm. So if you've got enough to make it sound like that, then generally you'd be managing your breath better. Cool. And so that's that's all I've really got to add to that. But yeah, that was some great I, stuff. Bro. I would say there's some really good things there for you to work with, Charlotte, in terms of breathing, if that really is the issue. Um, some great exercises. But as we said, the, the issue might actually be relating more towards cord closure. And uh, that links very well onto our next question, which I will read right now. Take it away, brother. I have always had a really breathy tone and can't seem to solve it. It means I'm really quiet and can only sing certain genres. I'd love to be able to rock out, but when I do, it hurts my voice. Do you have any advice? And that is from Cara Lewington. So for me, breathy tone, can't seem to solve it. Obviously, the result is that she's quiet. And uh, the fact that it limits her for certain genres, that is obviously something we want to work out. Especially if you're thinking about going professional or being paid at all. Exactly that. You know, you've got to fulfil different engagements, so being able to change your vocal tone and intensity is important, isn't it? Options. Yeah. Yeah. But some of this might relate to question one. Exactly. You know, it might be that, as we've discussed right at the start, the, there may be an excess air leaving the body. So you might want to address that. You might need somebody to, to have a listen to whether you are blowing too much air when you're singing. Um, because, you know, there are certain personality traits that will run in line with a breathy tone as well and therefore may as a result blow too much air as well <laughs> such as you know females scared timid sort timid of. yeah that kind of thing those kind of those kind of I don't want to say people because it's almost like we're putting people into pockets but there are people that will be a little less brash in life yeah and therefore <laughs> they will be walking around this world with more of a breathy tone, a little bit more quiet, and that will have an effect on the voice. Yeah, and it's not that we're being sexist here, by the way. It's just that, you know, the way females use their voice, and in, in some respects, um, the physio physiology and the way their voice is proportioned between their chest voice and their head voice can also contribute to breathiness, can't it? But mm. I think the personality traits to singers is really, really interesting. Mm. Just like someone who pulls chest and yells songs out is usually someone who's very confident. Somebody out there in the world who's a bit of a go-getter. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's, this, is, this is, you know, maybe 80% of the time that is true. Um, but it definitely relates that way. And, yeah, we, we see um, breathy tones on timid young girls and or singers that just feel like they really, really might lack in confidence and, and hence are singing quietly. Yeah, and, and especially girls who would actually have a, a lower voice and perhaps wouldn't want to be speaking with that voice in that lower voice in life. Most girls will want, especially when they're younger, want to sound pretty and high and, yeah. and, and, and to actually steer clear of... Anything manly. Anything manly, which is... 
Well, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Just not in singing. No. Yeah. Sultry tones of a deeper lady. If you've got a low voice, embrace it. Anyway, back to this. So if, if, if you've addressed the excess breath and you actually, you know, you are a little bit breathy within your tone, then what would you do to fix that, Chris? Well, we can start with uh, we can start with stuff that isn't isn't so extreme, just to see if we're just you know just slightly wide of the mark. Um, again, this is useful for you, Charlotte, if you're still on board. Um, consonants can influence the amount of vocal cord closure that your voice attains at the start of a line or a lyric, and uh, particularly ones that are voiced underneath um, voiced. Plosives, they're called. These are consonants like G, B, and D. Like you could try something like gug, 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 or ga, ga, ga. And those tend to close the vocal cords just that little bit better so that you can sustain off the back of that. Also, ones that really help to get a good onset and a good buzz on the vocal cords are um, the consonants M and N. And uh, you can, again, combine them with any vowel that appears to be working well, just to, just to give you that good start to the line to see if that is purely the case. So that's in, that's in scale, or is that in song, or both? Oh, well, you, you could take that sound onto a song, but I think, I think we probably both agree on this, that um, dealing with breathiness will probably want to exclusively be on scales and exercises until some maintenance can happen. Until we really know what's going on, right? Going to want to spend some time there. Yeah, so that, that's where I would begin, but you know, we can move on from there. What, what would you say? Yeah, again, staying away from song, especially for these, for these ones, the staccato exercises, ah, 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 mm, 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 those mm. kind of things. And you can hear the buzz in that, can't you? Yeah, you can. And, and, and if you need to find that, mm, it's a funny one again, because some people may want to fall into more... Mm, that, Again, too much tension, over overdriven sound. It's, it's not that you can find it by practicing that, yeah, that kind of sound and that buzz you get from that. That's where you want to stay. Just see if you can stick with that sound, no matter where the scale is. Obviously, if you've got a piano, you can play the scales. You can you can find some um, online or use the Vocalize U app, but. Uh, we like to use the five tone scale initially in chest. In chest, yeah, down the mm, bottom. Mm, 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 mm. Do you sometimes hear that <laughs> thing going on? Equally, yeah. It's just you know that's the that's converse to that that tense one that you just did, right? Yeah, it's not doing its job again. So there's there's little point in doing the exercise if it's not done properly in this in this sense. So um, as much as you can, just try and get as close to that mm, mm, or. Ah, 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 that kind of buzzy thing without too much tension and without too much breathiness. And then take that on, on whichever scale you feel comfortable with. Normally starting in chest voice on a five tone is a good place to start because we can normally coordinate quite well down there. On from there, looking at some vowels. Yep. The wider vowel again on scale. Uh, taking it into song, taking, taking changing vowels into song with the purpose of gaining adduction probably isn't the best course of practice because... Um, vowel changes just have they just have many uses and we could start destroying something else if we are looking at widening a vowel just to get some more core closure in a certain part of the range it's just it's just too varied so what we what I'd suggest is just take it out of song again get on a scale and if it means a wider ah eh 
you know, those kind of sounds, again, will tend to add more chord closure to what you're doing. Yeah, that's it. I think that word comes up a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Tends to. Tend to, yeah. Like, these, all these things really, um, they really sort of partly influence and, you know, don't always get the right result. Sometimes it's for the singer to be aware and actually make a change. Mm, mm. Some people can be using those vowels, can't they? And go, ah, and it's like, okay, so that vowel won't help unless that singer is aware that it needs to be, ah, yeah. yeah. You're close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're in the right direction, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's getting that right thing. Yeah. So, so on from there, what would you do? Um, you can also cry. You could cry on the voice as that tends to um, uh, create a bit more compression at the vocal cord level. So if you had taken a word like gug or mum are quite good sounds to cry on. Yeah, yeah. So you could try something like gug, 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 you know, if that you can mm. hear that extra compression in there, that can help to, to, to create more reduction, as can uh, raising the larynx, which kind of ties in with what you said about taking ah. Like, that vowel tends to raise the larynx a bit. And if you're a bit more um, uh, exaggerated with that, with that kind of twangy tone, like, ah, that can bring the vocal cords together and provide a bit more energy in the voice mm. um, so that the singer can begin to experience what it feels like to sustain some vocal cord abduction. Um, <clears throat> or the one thing is um, to, to slow down some airflow and to create some of that back pressure, much like if we spoke in, was it episode one about um, uh, the straw exercise? Mm. And we brought it up before, but those exercises and also the voiced fricatives like v and z, they can slow that airflow down enough so that it creates some back pressure in the mouth, which then pushes back down on the vocal cords and helps them to adduct a little better. So, so you, the, you the can try yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even, even the literal some people really sound very together but as soon as they go to an open vowel that airflow speeds up again and the vocal cords are unable to manage that amount of um or that level of air moving through them yeah so you can you can use some of those three to to feel what it's like to balance back down on the airflow and increase the cord closure at the same time so these are all kind of scales and, and, and sounds that we're using here. Is there any other scales or anything else you would use to finish that off? Uh, well, I, th- I think for, for to be useful um, to Kara, obviously she's wanna she's wanna gonna get these wanna gonna get these gonna wanna get these wanna gonna get these uh, gonna Maybe. wanna get, yeah <laughs> shoulda woulda coulda uh, she's she's going to want to get these into a song. Which is always the main aim with this, and it can be very boring just to go, here's scales, but in truth, breathiness is quite hard to combat in a song. So that's why we started there. However, I'll tell you something else as well. Yeah, go on. sounded really aggressive. You're <laughs> 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 really like aggressive. It takes, in my experience, and again, you'd, you'd agree, I'm sure, it takes the most time. Oh yeah, you know it's one of the things that just it takes time and and um, and days and days of doing the right thing, bringing those chords together and just a gradual increase. There's a lot of dangers involved. We'll go into that in a second. And, and that is a, you know, a byproduct of, of um, excessive, excessive work in this area. But that's why we need to take a gradual increase in what we're doing there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So if, if you can move forward and not 
no, and, and be be monitored and be sure that you're on the right track. Now we can get into things that are more singy, if you like. Mm. So we want to create some legato. We want to be able to come off of staccato ah, 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 and create ah, and that way maintain some of that chord closure through note changes and not be ah. Sometimes accenting note changes with a H just because that's what the singer's used to, letting go of the vocal cords. One one uh, particular exercise that I've come to use over the years just by experimenting is taking that staccato principle, adding some legato and sustain and vibrato on the end of it. And I sh- I'll, I'll say what I mean by that is uh, you can do this in the, in the female passaggio sometimes and or chest or, or anywhere is to take the vowel uh, and uh keeps the larynx in sort of a, a relatively relaxed, stable environment, mm. but use it in a staccato way and add a sustain of vibrato on the end, like this. Um, 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 um. And so that staccato it, beginning just gives that singer that initial feeling of good chord closure. But you have the release. But you have the release. And, and it's almost like just... It's like pushing a kid on a bicycle for the first time. It's almost like I've just, I've given, I've, you've had stabilizers. I'm just going to whip them off and see how you. I want you crash into the fence. <laughs> yeah. Um, 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 uh. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he crashed into the fence that time. But but if you get back on. Get back on. Yeah. But it, it, it's been really successful using that exercise because singers have then been able to sustain and vibrato and manage that chord closure relatively well even in tricky spots so that they can then get that feeling of okay this is what the song should feel like this is what the legato nature of songs should feel like this is what i need to balance on to make singing non-breathy nice and eventually more intense so i, I really feel moving towards songs that those exercises are probably the last step before you then begin to put that in a song Awesome, yeah. And just to, yeah, so with, with all of these things, you said about working into a song and that is the end goal. These exercises here are just based on, on your goals and what you want to do with your voice, Cara. You know, they're tried and tested exercises and they do work. If somebody's out there and they've got a breathy tone, they don't mind having a breathy tone, don't do it. But know that as it is tried and tested and, and these exercises have been proven to work, that spending some time doing it you will see the results and that really is the only way that you will yeah yeah jumping back in a song again and it's not quite there i mean clearly sing songs but don't get stressed out if after running it twice it's not there right you know yeah and you know look looking at this journey i think you said earlier it takes it takes time and is by far the most difficult thing to solve in singing mm. uh, and and is usually a female voice that is dealing with it. And if that female is timid and a bit scared of, you know, making a mistake or, or being heard, that's going to make this journey even harder because it is absolutely fraught with problems and potential screw-ups. And if, if as a timid person that you're scared of screwing up... Um, yeah, this is creating a, the right environment for this can be this really is another, hard. Another podcast would be brilliant. I can't wait for the, the psychology. Yeah. You know, I mean, exactly that. Just one example, I hear it a million times when you say, 
can you give me... Mm, mm. And this may sound simple, but the laughter or can't quite do it because it sounds like a weird sound, even that is a, is a sign. It's a barrier. It's a barrier, yeah. And it, it, somebody that... The, the thing with this is that if somebody didn't have... wasn't timid and didn't have um, those kind of psychological barriers, they wouldn't be in the position to be doing that sound. So it's kind of a little bit... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm saying here. But, but, uh, but if they were, if somebody did have more of a let's do this approach, then they would jump straight in. Mm-mm, let's do the exercise. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I'm um, not going to feel stupid. It's yeah, yeah. quite comfortable with looking stupid in a way. But that's for the Naked Vocalist Psychology episodes that we... That, that could be next. Thank you. Let's I'm get excited about this. Yeah. But, I mean, there are dangers involved with, uh, with um, uh, putting the vocal cords together, aren't there? It, it it can easily end up if you're doing a lot of staccato stuff or, or working on chord closure. You could easily end up with too much adduction. At, at the end of the day, we are dealing with activating muscles that aren't normally activated, and by doing this a lot, you could easily overactivate that muscle, create it dominant, and you could end up with ah 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 and this really heavy chest voice that can't go up, which can be very off-putting in using chest voice. For a female, yeah, be careful. You know? Yeah, you get it and you hate it. Yeah, and be, you know that's the thing. It's so you can be so careful with all this stuff. I've I've seen it. I've kind of experienced it myself in the past, actually, where you would go and take a lesson with somebody, <laughs> work on some exercises because at that moment in time you were somebody that did have a breath, breathy voice, and then you'd take that lesson away and you'd work on it for six months. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd be the most tight <laughs> oh, you come back you can't move your jaw yeah you just you just the other you just the same distance the other side of the needle aren't you yeah, it's yeah. like okay so there's been progression <laughs> just, so much it's scribbling yeah i don't know whether that's good or bad but but you know and that's the same thing with to be fair with us on here i mean with the questions we get through on email that we do answer we said haven't we that giving an answer on email without hearing the person without having a follow-up and without working on that person long term, we always put a bit of a a bit of a buffer in there to say, you know, do, do, get some help. Get some help. Yeah, we're going to give you some pointers, but please do not take this as gospel and and run with it, you know, forever. Forever. Yeah, it needs to be used until it solves the problem and then dropped. Mm. And yeah, like you said, somebody somebody to work with you on that can be the person to say, okay, let's move on. Mm. That's doing its job. Let's get it to relax. Oh, uh, conversely. Remaining on something that's breathy, you know, singing with breathy tone a lot, especially if you're professional, also has its own medical problems. You know, it puts a lot of stress on the vocal apparatus. It is quite drying. It could easily result in nodules and, uh, and, and stunted range and problems all over the place. So it's, it's great to use as a vocal quality if you're singing some Nora Jones or something like that. But as with anything that's not balanced clean vocal production it shouldn't be overused and should your you sh- your, your breathy voice shouldn't really be the default mm. if you want a healthy long voice use career you know awesome what summary hope that helps cara yes i hope I'm, I'm not saying you are timid <laughs> you could be a nutcase who knows <laughs> Uh, Let's meet up and have a chat and find out. (laughs) No, she could be a nutcase. Good point. Uh, Let's move on to YouTube Pick of the Week. You you put, actually, somebody put it on their wall. Was it Ian? Ian. And then you reposted it because it's so good. So good. And then I heard you playing it 
on your on your laptop, and I just couldn't believe it. Do you want to introduce it? Because it's just amazing. Yes. So this is this is the Facebook video that yeah, Ian Davidson from Balance Vocal Studios um, in Liverpool. He he posted this on his wall and just basically said these harmonies are sick. Seriously, I mean, I spent we both spent a lot of time in harmonies over our years, haven't we? And yeah. these this is just something else. These guys. Um, the the harmonies, the crescendos, crescendos, the the tone, the as Ian said, the unison singing. They that I think that's the most impressive. Mm, mm. They are so. It sounds like the same person, but three times. That's how in that's how in harmony they are. And do you know so what? You can break. Perfect. We can break this down into um, technicalities of what's happening, but what you really want to do is just sit back and go. That's beautiful. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless you. I know from singing in harmony, it's a very rewarding experience when it sounds wicked and is on point. And I should imagine when they're singing that tune, they're having a great time. Exactly that. It's, it's just great. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we do. So that's us for one week, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> this time, next time, we're going to be in uh, California. But do not fear, the Naked Vocalist will be here. Probably not with the interviews and things next time because that's going to take a lot of work and we'll be getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. No? Nah, mate. We're healthy living, aren't we? And professional. And professional. Wouldn't do that. Um, but uh, we will obviously keep you posted with that. Uh, please, please, God on earth, go to our Facebook page and join our mailing list or our website, thenakedvocalist.com, and uh, you can sign up to our mailing list there. It will pop up to ask you if you want to be on it. Please do, because we've got loads of things to give away. Equally, we say it every time, iTunes, if you could please just run over and give us a review and a star rating. That would just be amazing. And please don't think that other people will do it, because they don't, clearly. Um, <laughs> we've had, a few, we've had yeah, some. We've had some. We've had, we've had some. But do you know what? It would just be great to get some more out there. For the reason that we've got some great stuff coming up. We're going to be speaking to these guys in America. Great content that we just want the world of singing to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. And if you take our website address, put a forward slash podcast on the end of it, it will take you to iTunes so you can rate us. So it's really easy. Really helpful. Thank you. Yep. And then uh, if you want to hit us up with questions via Twitter, we are at TMV Questions. What's our Facebook? TNV questions. Absolutely. Or you can email us at tnvquestions at gmail.com. And if at all you want to hear this episode again, or check out the show notes and all the links to the cool stuff we put in this show, you can check out the show notes available at thenakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash nine. That is as in episode nine. So there we have it for now. Goodbye.